In December, Seattle restaurateur Joe Sundberg, co-owner of Manolin, Rupee Bar, and Old Salt, ended up working nearly every night his restaurants were open. Oh my God. <laughs> he, he had to work had for to a living. A job. He had to work. <laughs> his restaurants that he owns, he had to be there to operate them almost every night. Oh my well, fucking God. I, oh God. I, the, the base assumption from the writer of the Seattle Times, the perspective that they just naturally gravitate and, and, and you know, hear it, right? Is this idea that you, the reader, will be naturally repulsed to hear that Joe Sumberg couldn't vampire-like suck the surplus value out of his labor force from his <laughs> mansion, you know, but, in, in or, Bellevue. He he had to actually go into the restaurant and physically create something in order to receive <laughs> money. And that we're all supposed to find this repulsive. And it's just, it's fascinating. I love the Seattle Times well, perspective. That's the question is, are you meant to identify with it somehow? Because like you, the readership are all owners. Like that's the the only people who are reading the Seattle Times are small business owners in Bellevue uh, who are like, yeah, man, God, if I have to do more than show up for an hour and berate some employees and go home and collect my checks, like I'd be in a real hard place or or is it meant to be aspirational you're like yeah that hard-working american did what he needed to do to get <laughs> out of working for a living he owns a business yeah he shouldn't have to work and now and, he's and working to, yeah and and that's supposed to make you feel give you an anxiety like an existential terror that like you too will never get out of working by o opening a business or that the american dream is dead or something you know well, I think it's even simpler. The key thing to understand about journalists is they are the human equivalent of dogs in that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have no inner life. And the only thing they can do is ape their master who they adore. And so at the Seattle Times, all they can do is present the capitalist viewpoint, not understanding how it makes them read like fucking freaks. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like they're on the leash. What can what can you do? You know? All right. So again, we're back. He's working every night. They're open. Horrible. Uh, he's in the shit. He's in the trenches. Horrifying. Not only was <laughs> Omicron decimating his existing staff, but it's <laughs> okay. 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 Like, just fucking. All right. Like, we're setting the stakes here. Yeah, yeah. And we're we're putting uh, first up. First up. M owner had to do work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then, you Greatest know, by the way, by the way, his staff <laughs> was being decimated by a deadly and possibly crippling disease. <laughs> well, Greg, uh, you know, in the 1920s, Ernest Hemingway was asked, can you write the saddest sentence in five words? And he thought about it and he came back with a simple sentence. Owner had to do work. <laughs> uh, I, that Hemingway terseness you know it, uh, yeah. he was always a master of brevity okay so I'm not even finished with this fucking sentence not only was Omicron decimating his staff 
but it's still next to impossible to find new workers with enough experience to quickly fill in. My God, (laughs) at the rate our fucking service workers are dying, it's even harder to have more to flood in to take their place as they keel over off the line. You know, this is written in a fucking newspaper. You can picture some feudal lord like during the Black Plague being like, why are all these peasants dying? It's making <laughs> yeah. me have to chew my own food. Why are they doing this to me? Yeah. It, it, it's literally like, like they're, they're actually upset about the rate at which they can, not that they can't even, yeah, mm-hmm. right. the rate at which someone, another helpless, hapless, vulnerable body leaps forward to pick up the spatula of the soldier who fell before them and charged <laughs> back into the, the fucking uh, oncoming, like, uh, uh, friolator splatter. Well, and like, never- they're like, it's not happening fast enough. We can't get enough reinforcements from fucking moscow like well it's never occurred to joe that maybe we're in a crisis like we're in a hiring crisis not that we're in like a health pandemic crisis this is this is not a concern but they're they're clearly aware of that at the same time they're like yeah it's all happening at once what a bummer like one is compounding the other (laughs) like anyone should give a shit okay but but get this this really brings it home It's incredibly hard to hire, Sunberg said. You might get 30 resumes if you're very, very lucky. (laughs) 30! Okay. That's a lot of resumes! resumes. 30 resumes. One one of your staff, the 10% of your staff keels over decimated. And, you know, 30 people jump from the rear echelon like jump up to take their place uh, ready to get COVID from a customer spitting in their face. Okay. Uh, And maybe four of those have relevant experience. It's okay. That's four fucking people to choose from you. Sick fuck. Like that's four immediate hires. And then you could hire a couple to train. A reporter says, given the challenges and costs of recruiting in a tight labor market, Many restaurants are likely to play a waiting game, delaying an expensive hiring push until they're certain that enough customers are ready to start dining out regularly again. Again, another contradictory statement, Mm -hmm. giving away the game and saying, like, I think what we're going to do here is doing what all capital is doing across the country is throwing a tantrum during a slightly tight labor market, a a labor market where the table has just not turned, just fucking tilted a little, gone like is at an askew angle because uh, labor has slightly more power and they're just gonna stomp their feet and say no, because they're not gonna get into contracts with these employees in this type of labor market. They don't wanna deal with it. They don't wanna deal with the power of that. They believe that this will cool down because the natural order of the universe is a labor market that is in capital's favor. And the smarter ones probably are also thinking, yeah, better to wait this out because at some point, if we whine and cry enough, the feds are going to step in and fucking uh, step on labor's nuts. 
and yeah, well, you know, through and monetary policy or whatever are going to uh, fix this labor market problem. Well, that, and I, I think this gets to the point where I think they mentioned this as I skimmed across later in the article, this idea that like somebody from the restaurant association is like, well, Washington has all these jobs and, you know, more jobs than workers. And I remember they would say this in like 2009, 2010 too, where they'd be like, mm-hmm. there's there, look, if I go to the one ad section, there's job ads. And, you know, <laughs> so we shouldn't have any unemployment. And it is this hilarious thing that people don't seem to get. It's like, just because, you know, a company asks for, you know, new hires or whatever for application doesn't mean they're actually hiring anybody. Yeah. You know, like that's the key thing, right? They might be looking for a unicorn in the pile, right? Or they just have it out to give HR something to do or a million other things. But he is literally, like said, we have a hiring crisis. We don't have anybody that wants to work. Oh, by the way, I've also been inundated with fucking, you know, applications to work at my restaurant. But I just didn't want to look at any of them. Folks, it's a long article filled with many more opportunities for rage and disgust. I may send it the whole thing for free to Paul Roberts, the Seattle Times reporter, and Joe Sunberg, the uh, restaurant dork. But you're going to have to go to patreon.com slash mechanicalfreak. Mechanical Freak.